Praise God. Hello, family. Missing you dearly. Um, I'm happy that we have this technology that we can reach out to one another and stay connected. I pray that you are all doing well, that you are healthy and strong. Um, before we get into the word, I just have an urgent prayer request. Uh, our, one of our uh, sister churches of God in Grand Rapids, Michigan, called the Upper Room Bilingual Ministry, pastored by Alex Fernandez, had a loss in their congregation due to COVID-19 this week, and it was a tragic loss. It happened suddenly. Um, there's a young lady at age of 31, mother of two, uh, passed away um, later this week. I don't know if it was Thursday or, or Friday, but uh, they left. she left behind two, two little ones, uh, two young children. So we want to keep that family in our prayers. Uh, the husband and brother have also tested positive. Um, so they're, they're, they're in grieving. They're in mourning. Uh, the family, the congregation. Uh, I can only think, and uh, I don't even want to think, if that happens to one of our church family here. So uh, let's keep them in our prayers, and let's pray that the Lord will bless this word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you give peace that has an understanding in the minds and hearts of that congregation in Great Rapids. Father God, and all the others around this world, and all those who have had this, uh, this disease, and, and I thank God for those who have recovered and are recovering. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank healing. Father God, be with us, prepare our minds and hearts to receive your word. We ask and pray in Jesus' mighty name. And the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. Last week we spoke about signs of the times. And the moral of that message is found in Mark uh, 13, it's, uh, verse 35 and 37. And it's, therefore keep watch, because no one knows when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, don't let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. We got to keep a watchful eye out. In sports, they would say, keep your head on a swivel. Be mindful of the times and seasons that you're in. And not only just be aware of it, but to act accordingly. And with that, I want you to say, you know, 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us that we've got to, be, we've got to stay sober and alert. And, and this is what I need in the church. To realize that I'm reminding myself, and I need the church to realize, is this that the fight is on. It's already begun. You may not realize it, but you've already uh, been engaging in battle. This is what Paul, the apostle, is telling to a young minister named uh, Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. He says, Fight the good fight for the true faith, hold tightly to the eternal life. To which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith for eternal life. This is what we've got to realize. That there is an enemy named Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the evil one, the serpent. He is roaming to and fro looking for whom he may devour. We've got to be sober and alert, be watchful of that. You've got to realize that you're in a fight and you've got to act like it. Here's the thing. He's looking to devour. Devour is to totally consume. 
wants to destroy you, not just you, but your family, your your progeny, your your legacy, you, your children, and their children's children. He wants to destroy you all. But here's the thing: we have oh, they're just curious. Oh, they just they just want to learn on their own. I'm here to tell you that we're in a fight for our eternal salvation and that of our loved ones. And we've got to act like we're in a fight. Something interesting about fighting, whether it's spiritually or physically, is that you've got to train hard. You've got to condition yourself for the battle that's on hand. Uh, Paul also talks in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He says, don't you realize that everyone runs a race? But only one person gets the prize. And this is what he says. So run to win. Not all, it says, all athletes train and discipline their body. They do it to win an earthly prize that fades away. But we do it, here it is again, for an eternal prize. So run, this is what uh, Paul's encouragement is. He says about himself, I run with purpose in every step. Like an athlete training his body to do what it should. He doesn't beat the air like uh, he's shadow boxing, but he disciplines his body to do what it should. Otherwise, after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. We've got to train. Mentally, spiritually, and physically. We've got to take this fight for eternal salvation seriously. Your religion, your relationship with Jesus Christ, eternal salvation is a serious matter. It is a serious subject. It should be taken seriously. It's not just about Sunday mornings. It's not just about uh, uh, Wednesday nights. I think about churches in, in other countries that have got to meet in basements and meet quietly and they're smuggling Bibles. They take it seriously. They know the value of their salvation because they've seen something else. Here we're so blessed with freedom, uh, typically, that we, we take for granted our relationship with Jesus Christ. See, we don't have to pray, we, we run to the doctor. You don't have to pray for uh, the Lord to heal because you, uh, you take a pill. You don't have to pray for um, uh, Him to provide you with food or manna from heaven because you've got a bridge card or you've got a grocery store. you got you got more things at home. See, the, the, the Christians in other parts of the world, they know what it is to have true faith. They know what it is to contend and fight for their faith. This is a life and death matter. Here's a concern that I have. One of the concerns that I have are people are flirting with sin. And they take sin lightly. They wink at it. Oh, you know, isn't that cute? Look at what they're doing. No, 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 no. In Romans 6, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. Death. It's not talking about necessarily physical death, but spiritual death. Because we only have two options. When we pass from this body, we got heaven or hell. Hell was intended for Satan, and he doesn't want to be alone. He's doing everything he can to, to get company with him, because misery loves company. But here's the thing. We can't flirt or act like uh, sin is cute or that it's okay. We can't be complacent in our relationship. We've got to be bold, strong, 
and courageous with our faith. We've got to confront sin. It says that the light of Jesus Christ that is in us should expose the dark things of this world. Not weak at it. Not say it's okay or it's alright. And make excuses for our children or our grandchildren or our friends. Oh, they're just experimenting. Oh, they're just curious. Oh, you know, I understand why they're doing it. No, we've got to pull them away from the darkness. We've got to pull them out of the fire. You have the fire extinguisher of the Word of God in you. We've got to share that with them. Not flirt with it. Not wink at it. Not say that it's okay or make them feel comfortable. It's not about making us feel comfortable in the flesh. But it's making sure that we have security with Jesus Christ in the Spirit. You can't train like a wimp and fight like a warrior. I'm reminded of a story we did in Grand Rapids. My uncle and I ran this boxing club, and this 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 fella came along just before uh, the state uh, Golden Gloves tournament. This fella came along and he said, "Oh, I used to fight down over here, and and uh, we didn't know him, we didn't know where he came from, and and he he wanted to fight at the Golden Gloves under." Our gym's uh, name. Well, we said, okay, let's see work out. He's working out. He got in the bag and he he looked like he knew what he was doing. We said, all right, jump on the treadmill. He 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 gut checked and he ran a mile. I thought, you know, okay, the fights were over that weekend. There was not time to uh, test the skills much more than that. He 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 showed the illusion that. He knew what he was doing. Here's the thing. Some Christians out there are showing the illusion that they're living a right life. They can quote some Bible verses. They can tote around the Bible. They can dress sharp. They can look sharp. They can go to church. They can say the right things, do the right things. But here's what I guarantee. This always happened either in, in, in the boxing ring and in life. When the battle comes, it's going to show if you've been training or not. One of the surefire ways you can figure it out is to throw someone in the, in the fire of battle, in the fire of a fight, uh, test the grit. You're going to know who's strong, who's been preparing or not, who's going to endure that or not. So here we go. Golden Ghost again. His match comes up. I'm looking at Crocky. I said, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's kind of just bouncing around, going through all the motions. And I'm like, man, I don't see fire in him. You know, come on. I'm trying to pump. Let's go, buddy. Come on. You got to go. The guy on the other side, he had the eye of the tiger. He had a look like he wanted to rip his head off. He came running. The bell rang. He came running across the ring. The guy that showed up to our gym, he never left the corner. He got hit so hard, so fast, so many times, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know if he wanted to put his hands up. He didn't know if he wanted to grab. He didn't know what. He got hit from every different direction. And before you knew it, we had to wave the, the towel to stop the fight because he had no defense for the onslaught that he was facing. So think about your spiritual life. The onslaught that you're facing by the end. The devil's attacking you. He's attacking your children and your grandchildren. He's tempting you with things. He's beating you up. He's beating up your relationships, your finances, your love life, your intimacy. He's messing with you in every different aspect, in every different way. But do you have a defense? Can you put up a fight? Can you endure the onslaught that's coming against you? And I can say this, only if you've been ready, if you've been prepared. Even Jesus. 
said to his disciples, who were believers. This type comes out by prayer and fasting. There's another level that we need to achieve. We can't grow lackadaisical and complacent. We can't be um, humdrum in our relationship with God. Well, I read a verse today and I, I prayed for my food and therefore I'm okay. No, no, no. Those days are long gone. I don't know if they ever were. But this is what I want to encourage you this morning. you got to train like a warrior to fight like a warrior. You gotta train hard. You gotta take it serious. This is what I want to tell you. Ephesians 6 tells us be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. I want to stop right there on that verse and let you know that the devil has strategies for you. He's got a strategy for you and your family. He knows what you and your family has been struggling with from generation to generation. Whether it's alcoholism, whether it's a, a fornication, whether it's a poverty, whatever it is, he knows your guys is weak link and he's coming at you. He's hitting you below the belt. He doesn't fight fair. He's trying to take you out. And it's about high time that you start fighting back in the mighty name of Jesus. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Here's the thing. It's letting us know that you're being attacked by all these different um, entities that are coming at you from every different direction. You are in a fight. You've got to act like it. If you're not strong right now and you're watching this, I'm telling you to start working on it. In Jude 1.20 it says that we need to build up our most holy faith. Build up our faith. We've got to get into the Word. We've got to do the things that it takes to become strong. This is something that I'm reminded of. Excuse me. One of, the, one of the best strategies that Satan's ever used is to convince people that he doesn't exist. To convince people that his um, fallen angels that are following him don't exist. To convince people that demons don't exist. And you think, oh, that's just fairy tales and everything else. But I tell you what, you're dealing with it every day. When you get those small voices within, other than your conscience, telling you to do something that's not pleasing and honoring to God, I would dare say that one of these categories is dealing with you, is messing with you, and they're trying to take you out. But here's the hope that we have. God has given us weapons. God has given mighty weapons that belong in the hands of mighty warriors. Here's the thing. If I give you a mighty weapon, a sword, a gun, and you're not trained on it, and you're not strong enough to hold it, or to wield it, you might be yourself damaged and others damaged. The weapons are available to you, but you've got to do the things to prove that you're worthy to have them. For example, again, I referenced that time when Jesus rebuked his own disciples and said, this type comes out by prayer and fasting. More than that, he, he called them an evil of the first generation. He said, how long will I be with you? Why don't you have enough faith? That faith, that level of faith, they had been doing casting out some demons, but he said this type. Meaning there is a different type. 
a stronger type, one that is probably kicking your butt right now that you're having trouble overcoming. And the fact of the matter is you need to build up that spirit, man. You got to work out your spiritual muscles so that you can do what God did. And he says, this that comes out by prayer and fasting, and he told that thing to go, and it went. Why don't we see that? Are we doing the things that Jesus did? It said that he went oftentimes to a solitary place on the mountainside in the garden. He was praying. He was fasting in the wilderness. He was doing the things to build up a spiritual man so that he could carry out the ministry God called him to carry out. God's had a call and a plan and anointing for each and every one of you to carry out. But we've got to condition our spirit man so that we can do the job that he's called us to do. Here I'm reading in 2 Corinthians right now. We are humans, but we do not wage war as humans do. But we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. There's things out there that we argue against. There's things, and, I, and it's infiltrated the church. I've seen it uh, time and time again, where, you know, we get attracted to people's human tools, such as worldly knowledge, reasoning, talents, skills and abilities, eloquence and charisma, propaganda, just to name a few. But here's the thing. Those are gifts. They can be valuable. But that doesn't, those gifts don't show that those people are godly. God's tools are commitment to the truth. Regardless of how you feel about a subject, regardless of what you think others' arguments are, what does the Word of God say? Commitment to the truth. Righteous living. Prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So I ask you, is the opposite? What is the opposite? If you're unrighteous, what, how does that affect your prayer life? Another tool of God is to proclaim the gospel. Faith, hope, and love. The word of God. Constant praying through all situations. Not just when you need help, but when things are going well. Constantly praying. These things are God's tools. And something that we got to recognize is the difference between man's tools, gifts, and God's tools. Because there's a verse in the Bible I'm reminded of, and let it always be a reminder to us, where someone's at heaven's gates and they're trying to get in, and they said, and this is what they said, did we not cast out demons in your name, in God's name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these wonderful works? Those are their operating gifts. And what was said to them? Away from me, I never knew you. You were operating gifts. But you didn't have a relationship and doing the things that God's called you to do using God's tools. Righteousness, truth, faith, hope, love, proclaiming the gospel, uh, praying constantly. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the conclusion. Hopefully you realize at this point in this message that you are in a fight. You've got to train to fight like a warrior. You've got to train to fight to win. And it's serious. Satan's trying to take you to hell. What are you doing to take your people to heaven? God's giving you this. In Ephesians 6, 14 and 18. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. And the body armor of righteousness. For the shoes put on peace that comes from God. The 
good news that will fully prepare you. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop every fiery arrow from the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of truth, which is the word of God. And then pray in the spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert. We see that constantly. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for every believer everywhere. Truth is Jesus. Jesus answered in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not what man's ideas are. It's not what the politicians tell you, or the news media tells you, or, or, or your friends tell you, or what you think is right. The truth is found in God's word. And if what you believe doesn't line up with God's word, there's an issue there, and you need to seek the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Righteousness, not in your own righteousness, but the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. The righteousness that comes from the power and strength of the Holy Ghost. Peace. The Word of God says, if possible, be at peace with all men. Make reconciliation where possible and forgive. Pray for your enemies and those who persecute you. There's people you don't like. There's, there's things that you don't like. There's politicians, perhaps, that you don't like. You're not called to ridicule and, 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 and complain constantly. You, you might need to do something about it, but this is what I encourage you to do, and what I'm trying to do. Pray for them. How have you prayed for them? Salvation that comes through Jesus Christ is a helmet of salvation. The sword, the only offensive weapon that we have is the Word of God. We need to love it, we need to read it, and we need to commit it to memory. Memorize the Word of God. Read it so much. Read it over and over. Don't just read the Bible one time through, but go through over and over again. There's revelations there. There's path for your life there. There's there's counsel there. There's peace there in the Word of God. And this is the last one. A lot of people don't uh, understand or they forget about this one. It's part of your armor. Pray in the Spirit. Now this is what I wanted to capitalize on. And some of you may disagree, but this is the Word of God. In the Spirit, not led by the Spirit. In the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. This is what we see in Acts 2. The Holy Ghost. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray for things we don't even know. Because He sees what's going on in the unseen world. That it talked about we have enemies fighting against us in the unseen world. He knows what strategies they're using, who they're attacking at what time, and what's going on, and He'll help you pray to the Father for whatever it is that you need. There's utterances that we don't understand, tongues of angels and stammering lips. We don't understand these things, but we know that it is from God, and it is for us, and it is something that we need to use as a weapon of our warfare in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to encourage you with this. And remember this and never forget it. Never forget this. God wins. God has already won. On Calvary, He gave His life for us. He was buried for three days. He rose again. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has already won. And He's coming back for a church that has made herself ready. The bride of Christ. And this is what he told Joshua, and I believe the principle remains the same. Although he was talking to Joshua, he's talking to you and I today. In Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be 
be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That you've only come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the wooing of the Holy Spirit. That He is living in you. Where you go, He goes. What you're thinking about, He already knows. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He's our ever-present help. We look to the hills where our hope and our help comes from. That help and that hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've got to have a right relationship with Him. Because here's the thing, we're not battling alone. One, we have the Holy Ghost with us. Two, we have the Word of God in our hearts. Three, we have our brothers and sisters in Christ. Where two or three are gathered together in His name. Although we're not present in each other's uh, physical presence, we are together spiritually. In one mind and one accord. It says, when one cast a thousand flight. Listen, I know that I was talking about uh, uh, physical war, but I believe the principles apply to us spiritually. Where there's unity, this is what God says, I command a blessing. Scripture refers to us as the army of God. We are soldiers of Christ. We must conduct ourselves as soldiers in God's army. I know uh, a long time ago, uh, Sherry's brief story, I was in a program called the Young Marines. I wasn't in the Marine Corps. It was like a, a, a version for, for young, younger people. The young Marines. And I had gotten in trouble at school. And my mom told my drill sergeant. Didn't go well with me. So when the drill sergeant found out. He dismissed the rest of the group. And he kept me in there. And I got in trouble. And one of the things he said is. I, that I dishonored God. My family. And that program. The court. And because I dishonored God, my family, and the core, there was a price to pay. I was doing push-ups, I couldn't do push-ups anymore. When I did that, I was doing other calisthenics, so I couldn't do those anymore. And so I was so dripping wet, and I was so sore, and so hurt, and so, so much pain, to condition myself, and to, to, to know that that is conduct unbecoming of someone that is part of a team. You're part of the family of God. And we need to conduct ourselves and act like we're part of the family of God. We've got to talk like God would talk. Love like God would love. Hate what God would hate. Here's the things that we need to be thinking about. There are things, there are signs that should follow a believer. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In the name, in my name, this is Jesus talking, in my name, you will drive out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will pick up snakes in your hands and you will drink deadly poison and it will not harm you at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. I want to clarify a couple things. I'm not telling you to go pick up a poison snake. It's saying if it happens, like when it happened to Paul, he was gathering brush. And in the brush, there was a snake, and it bit him, and he didn't die from it. If, if something happens, you're, you're, you're drinking from something that perhaps it isn't the right stuff, and there, there's the unhealthy things in there, and you're doing it unknowingly, God's going to protect you. Now, this is what it says. Lay your hands on the sick. How does this work? 
If we're supposed to keep six feet different, uh, uh, away, we're supposed to have masks and gloves on, how do we lay our hands on those who have COVID-19 and pray a prayer of faith and heal them? I'm not saying to be foolish. I'm not saying to be unreasonable. But this is what I want to remind you of, a testimony of John G. Lake, who was a minister in, in Africa, who uh, was an American missionary who went to Africa. He had constant prayer time and fasting with the, with the Lord. The Holy Spirit was so strong with him that he walked and talked with him daily, as you and I should. An outbreak happened over there in Africa. And, and they, they asked him to come and pray and heal the sick. And he would go there. They were offering all the guards and all the things to them to do it. And he says, no, I have a, a better precaution than all that. I have the blood of Jesus Christ on me. I have the covering of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the thing. I'm not telling you to do what he did. Because if you don't have the relationship with Christ that he had, you better be careful. But this is what I want to say. They put him to the test. Before they let him in and go pray with him, without the protective uh, PPE, they put a droplet of his blood on this virus. And his blood killed that virus. Why is that? Because the blood of Jesus Christ flows through his veins as well. We can't operate out of fear. Precautions, yes. Wisdom, yes. Fear, no. God said he is, he didn't, he's not the author of fear, but power of love in the sound mind. Whatever precautions you take, take it. God gave us godly wisdom, yes, but not fear. Don't do it out of fear, not out of panic. And when the opportunity does come to pray, will you, are you at that place in your walk, your relationship with Jesus Christ, that you feel you have the boldness and strength to pray the prayer of faith, lay your hands on the sick people, and allow them to get well. If these signs aren't following us, we need to do something about it. I want to encourage you to be bold, strong, courageous, fight the good fight of faith. Eternal life is at stake, yours and that of your families. Take it seriously. That's my encouragement for you this week. Train hard. Fight the good fight. Take it serious. You want success in, in the battlefield of life or the ring, you gotta train hard for it. What does that training look like? What are those tools? Those tools I've listed before. Those are getting in your word. Those tools are um, commitment to truth, living a righteous life, proclaiming the gospel, faith, hope, love, word of God, and prayer, prayer and fasting. Those are God's tools. Those are His weapons. And so with that, I want to end this message this morning. I want to encourage you, seek the Lord with all your heart while He may be found. And as been our custom, I'm going to read for you the promises of God in Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save me from the foul snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers and under His wing I will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come 
you the blood of Jesus over them right now. And I cancel every work of the enemy, every lie, every stronghold, every manipulation, every uh, addiction, every uh, disease and spirit of affliction. I bind you now in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak and confess wholeness, healing, peace, strength, hope, and love in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray all these things. God bless you all. I love you. Until we